everyone and welcome down to episode number 67 of the Down South Photo Show wow. uh, with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, uh, down South Victoria, and the dude on the other screen over yonder, dude, is Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania. Hello, Cameron. I'm good, mate. How are you going? You're off and running. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of the gates early here. We are. We are. We, we almost pressed record at the wrong time, but that's it's okay. Very close to it, but that's okay. We, what happens we, off air stays off air. That's right. And we'd be able to edit it out anyway, so it's all good we, we with would, our superior, uh, superior editing skills. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks to everyone who's subscribed, listened, shared, followed, all that kind of cool stuff. Um, uh, we had our first episode back last week. Nice comments below. That was great. Thank you. If you've ever got a comment to leave, please ask us below. We generally reply. Um, I do. Generally. Cam normally does. True. Yeah. I, yeah. And I sort of tag. I just sort of shit can his reply normally. So Yeah, you, you generally yeah. comment as yourself, uh, which which looks like, <laughs> you're, looks like you're commenting against yourself, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, I look, like, I look like I'm a fan of the show. Yeah. Well, well, I am I, a fan of the show. I was going to say, surely you are. I'm just going to turn my light down. I've all of a sudden got a really shiny forehead. Yeah. There we go. That's better. Uh, so how you been, Cam? I've uh, been really good. Really good, good. mate. Uh, What's going just... on in, in the world of photo photography as far as Cameron's concerned? Uh, not much. Just plodding along. Uh, went for a bit of a walk on the weekend, which we'll have a bit of a chat about. Um, got the camera out, which is lovely. Um, Excellent. I actually, I actually went out today with the camera as well. Went up to Mount Wellington. Very good. Um, it was practically almost snowing. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was um, a cool change came through here as well. We we got some, like I think I think I got to work and then looked outside. And it was raining. Like yeah, it was sunshine when I went in there, and then it was raining when I looked out. Yeah, well, I went up the top of Mount Wellington with a friend of mine who's visiting, Erin. Um, who we better give a shout out. G'day, Erin. She doesn't listen. It's okay. Um, so why, we why thought, doesn't Erin listen? She I, should. I don't know. I I sort of think. Oh, she's... I know because we're boring. Oh well, never mind. No, I get it. I think it's. I think she thinks she's a little bit above us in regards to listening to our <laughs> podcast. That'll get back. Yeah, yeah that'll go back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we we thought, oh, we'll go up the mountain and have a look. It was moody, and we got up there, and it was sideways rain, blowing a gale. We got a couple of nice little shots of like little rock gardens up there, but cool. It was oh. very Tasmanian then. Yeah, it's meant to snow in the next couple of days here. Wow, it's the like we're recording this literally on the first of February. Yeah, that's right. I think it's meant to meant to snow above twelve hundred meters tomorrow and Friday. Yikes! Mm, indeed. Mm. How has your has your week been, or how is it going? Good. Very well. Um, busy as insert busy joke here. Um, I've been I've been flat out. That's been really really good. Um, normally, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Normally, we get a bit of a lull in sort of mid January. Mm. Here in Ocean Grove, for those of you who don't know, is only 90 minutes from Melbourne. So we get a lot of people coming down for weekends and particularly for school holidays. And during January, it's normally very busy. And then we get a lull in the middle and then it goes busy again during the Australia Day long weekend. Yeah. This year, it's been busy all the time. Like it yeah. just hasn't stopped, which is great for business. I'm not complaining at all. But sheesh, getting yeah. a bit tired, looking for it to drop away a little bit. Um, but no, it's been absolutely flat out. So and is it which made, is great. it's mostly people just coming in to drop a print off or yeah printing gets, photos um yeah. like crazy so we're just doing yeah hundreds and hundreds of prints every day which is great um getting some nice canvas prints going through and yeah. uh, oversized prints framing that sort of stuff so yeah lots of stuff going on it's 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 pretty cool yeah yeah that's awesome um very good should we, should we talk should about we, backgrounds i Hey, hey, you want I the hosting it. gig, don't you? You no, want the hosting I, gig. I really don't. 
I, I, we're I, starting I, with my background tonight because I you, said you so. go. Hey, you go first. How's that it's sound? my turn. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. So that photo there is from the workshop we did um, a couple of weeks ago here on the Ballerine. Now, the jury's out on what those little flowery things are called, but I've always just called them bunny tails because that's a sort of colloquial name for them. They look like bunny tails, I guess, so that's why they're called that. Um, this was the shot, Cam, you might remember, where I actually leaned over the edge of the platform and stuck uh, up my yes. torso through to yes. take the shot. Yes, with my iPhone. So yep. uh, I got that angle just to show people sometimes what you need to do to get the angle. Uh, it's since appeared on a few people's Instagrams who were at the uh Yeah, it has. I've, I've seen a lot of bunny tails in the last few days. I know Mel had a really nice one. There was a couple of other people I've seen who put a nice yep. one up as well. So. Definitely. So this was the sunset at 13th Beach, just here near Bowen Heads. Yeah. Uh, looking due west to the lovely sunset. So that, uh, that, that was a nice little scene. And and what the thing I like about the bunny tails was like we'd actually seen them all day, like at all the different locations we'd been, they'd been hanging around, but they really only came into their own when it became sunset or when they were getting backlit by the sun, which um I thought was great that everyone sort of picked that up as we as we we're going through the workshop, people started seeing light a bit differently. So so yeah, that was very cool. If so, you happen to know what those things are actually called, just put a link below. I don't know what they are. There's some kind of grass, right? And that's, that's the flower be. of the grass or something like that. They've got to be a grass, yeah. yeah. Your background, Cameron? Uh, my background is from my weekend little haunt up to the walls of Jerusalem, which um, is a lovely little small national park parallel to Cradle Mountain. So if, you look, if you're standing on top of Cradle Mountain, if you looked out to the east, you'll sort of see the walls of jerusalem national park it's sort of not far but it's a really compact little park you can sort of almost do a walk in and out in the day um and this is one of the pools along the way it's called solomon's jewels there's a couple of little series of little tarns or pools and they got these old gnarly um maybe i should cover it up that would be a good idea wouldn't it uh it's got all these little gnarly rocks and roots and all these pencil pines hanging around the outside the first couple of days of this walk it was nothing but blue sky and no cloud it was crap for photos good okay for black and white but just crap for everything else and then on the way out, this is taken around about nine o'clock in the morning on the way out. Um, we had fog across all the little pools, overcast conditions, and the conditions just made made it so. So I really like that old gnarly log, and I really like there's little like lily pad things in the water there as well, which are pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it was a nice little shot. Um, myself, Jamie, and Erin all got similar shots from this little uh, area, and um, yeah, it was really good. So it's a lovely little spot, easy walk, good training for the overland track that's coming up um that you will be well aware of absolutely so um started my training in earnest being the first of feb i thought i'd better get into it properly i've been doing a bit here and there but um today it kicked off properly with a few stair climbs and things like that uh yeah. now cam you had a uh your book launch with tp during the yes. week yeah i did uh, have in it fact it, it happened on the friday when last week's episode came out um, yes it did yes how did it go uh it was fantastic we had a wonderful little turnout at the Wild Island Gallery at Salamanca, we sold a heap of books, which is lovely. Um, my hand was getting a bit sore from signing all the books. I felt like a bit of a celebrity, um, which I'm not. Um, but yeah, it was, went really went really well. Um, the book's been really well received. Um, we've got lots of orders coming in online, and we've got lots of stockists around Tassie putting their hand up to say they want to stock it. So I've actually got to I've actually got to go have a meeting tomorrow with a person that I've never had a meeting with this type of person before but they are a purchasing officer for a bookshop. So I have to take the book in and I guess I have to plug ourselves uh, 
and say, here's the I, book. That's all you do. You plonk the book on the table. Yeah, the book should say it all, shouldn't it, really? Yeah. You clearly want this. Let's get yeah, the well, deal you've done. Got, you've got customers asking for it, so here's the price. And you don't boxes, have you don't like? have TP on speakerphone, do you? You know, doing the wheel. No, no, no. He's he's left that up to me down here. Um, yesterday, I went up to Lake Sinclair and, and dropped some books in there to the, the Parks and Wildlife Visitor Centre, um, and then Pump House Point, which is a beautiful high end accommodation in Lake Sinclair. Uh, it looks like they're going to stock it as well. Um, so yeah, we, we're doing pretty well. It's getting out there, and people are buying it. So, but the launch was great. We had great support from the locals. Um, we had some great support from Rob Blakers. He's a very well-known landscape photographer down here in Tassie. Uh, he owns the gallery, so he he was gracious to let us use the space, put a few drinks on. So, yeah, it was really great. So, uh, TP and I are very happy um, with how it's going. Um, Excellent. Yeah, it's been good. So Cool. Um, so, last week, we banged on a fair bit about our workshops that we've kicked off, and um, I think it would be apt for us to give listeners a little bit more insight onto mm. The planning for future workshops that are coming up. Yes. Um, we like the Down South Photo Show itself, and I keep saying this, we've grown this thing organically. We've just let it happen. If people are interested in what we're talking about, then we get listeners and views and all that sort of stuff. If people were interested in us doing a workshop, well, people would come and they came. Yes. So, and to the point where we actually didn't have enough spots for the people that wanted to come. So, um, we've decided, haven't we, Cam, that we should probably do a few more of these things. Yeah. Uh, if the crowd demands it, uh, you and I will, it's a bit like that field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. This is true. This um, is true. That could be almost like your background, the field of dreams in the background. Oh, that's um, a lovely title for it. It is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we've had lots, like obviously the first ones we did, uh, last few weeks ago, uh, sold out really quickly and we had lots of people following up afterwards saying to us spare spaces and things like that so uh yeah we're going to go again but we're going to go uh maybe a couple of times we've got maybe a couple of announcements to put out there so yes, i don't know if, we do. if you want to roll them out or how would you want it? well we've decided that we should uh revisit the ballerine peninsula workshop um mainly because it was so popular but here's the kicker mm. we're doing it at exactly the other time of the year so we're going to flip it from summer to pretty much well, not high winter, but early winter. Early winter, yeah. Uh, we're looking at what is now known as the King's Birthday Long Weekend, um, and we're looking at June 10 and 11. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a Saturday and a Sunday. That is a Saturday and a Sunday, the 10th and 11th. Now, we have not got links up for these workshops yet, uh, but they will be coming, folks. So um, keep your eyes and ears out. For I, I, I reckon if you would like to, we can announce it. I, I will get the links up for the, the June 10 and 11 workshops. Okay. I'll get that up there before this comes out on Friday. As that's How said. about that, folks? So you heard it here first. If you want to join us on the Ballerine Peninsula workshop, uh, the winter version, uh, there will be a link in description for you to uh, head over to the booking site, uh, which is Cam's website, and yep. you can jump on there and uh, join us. Now, yep. if you did the summer one and want to come back and do the winter one, absolutely feel free. Um, you will see the ballerine quite literally in a different light. Yep. Uh, and we may mix it up slightly for the, from the, the summer one. The locations will be slightly... Well, We'll do Point Lonsdale, we'll do 13th Beach, but the middle location is going to be different. Mm. And who knows, the weather might be crazy, crazy. We might do something completely different. Who knows? I'm hoping that the weather's crazy, crazy, and we mm. get something really cool. So um, yeah. looking forward to that already. Yeah. Um, 
Now, we have our other workshop that we want to talk about, um, mm. which is happening in October 2023. Yes. Um, we are heading up to the uh, Murray Mallee area, which we hinted at last week. Um, that's a goer. Yeah. We, uh, we're going to be doing a uh, four-day workshop uh, based in Swan Hill in northwestern Victoria. Um, which is my old stomping ground, so I know a lot of the locations. Are you allowed, are you allowed back in the Swan Hill after the last no, incident? No, no, okay. no, but I'm sneaking in under an alias to... Radio. <laughs> um, we're, we're going to be... I think the major attraction that we're going to be photographing will be Lake Tyrrell, um, which is about 45 minutes to an hour west of Swan Hill out at Sea yeah. Lake. Uh, we'll be getting a couple of opportunities to shoot at Lake Tyrrell, which excites me no end. It's a fantastic spot to take photos what i will say about the murray mallee area is it's different it's mm, it's totally a different. different region it's it's obviously not coastal and it's not mountainous so oh. um it, it's it's a, it's a very very unique uh landscape i think yeah um so yeah we're going to release details of that at it's, some point yeah look it, it's it's a bit of a cross isn't it between outback australia but not outback it's got all the rustic colors and all the amazing sort of you know the, the the trees and the and the roads and all the you know little fields out there but it's not outback dry desert type of thing so yeah it's yeah. it's funny that it's funny that we're doing this one because I, I think i messaged you once when i was at lake tyrrell on the way to the flinders and i'm like and when, I, when i was there i'm like geez i've only got like literally half hour to stop here i'm like this place is incredible um yes. and i and i was there on a crappy light day but i still got some nice shots so I'm really excited to do this one in, in your old stomping ground, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, this this will be a good one. So, a, a bit of a, a brief overview of what we think will be. Uh, it'll be a meeting in Swan Hill, like you said, but we will be travelling all together in a, in a minibus, so we'll all get around together. Uh, it'll be an all inclusive workshop, so you'll pay. We'll cover accommodation, food, transfers, tuition, all that kind of jazz. So, stay tuned for that. It's likely to be somewhere mid-October, I think it is. So I think around about the 13th of October, give or yep. take. Yep. Um, but we we are thinking eight people, I think is what we're thinking of for this one. Yep. Uh, and we, we did 10 people for the day workshop in Ocean Grove. For, so for the ones in June 10, 11, there'll be a 10-person workshop. And the one that's up in the Mallee Murray region will be an eight-person workshop. But I can tell you now, we've already got eight people showing a lot of interest in this without even knowing the details. So yeah, yeah. And, and look, if you... Go this is not a hard sell, guys. It is. Yes, it is. 100%. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Uh, come, don't come. That's yeah. fine. But um, like I said, we, we want this to be uh, an enjoyable experience. And yeah. hopefully you'll get to learn a lot about landscape photography yeah. from us. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. Um, and you said there's like the big silos up there, the art silos. Yeah. So um, uh, a few other highlights. Stuff. So Lake Tyrrell being the, the big ticket item up there that we're going to hit. Um, we're also going to look at some of the silo art trail while we're out mm. in that area. We're going to be looking at a couple of fantastic Mallee rural towns. And again, they're different folks. They are um, little low-lying towns, very flat out there yeah. um, with some really cool old buildings to photograph as well. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and of course, how could we go to Swan Hill without shooting the mighty Murray River? So you've got yeah. the awesome bridge at Swan Hill. We will be visiting the Pioneer Settlement, which is sort of, uh, for those of you who know, it's Sovereign Hill at Ballarat, but on the Murray, yeah. uh, a ye olde kind of town village that's set up there that's been there forever. Uh, and it will also include a cruise on the paddle steamer Piat out of mm. uh, Swan Hill. So reflections yeah. and all that sort of stuff from the river, being able to shoot from the river as well. 
Cool. Uh, I am also in the throes of contacting uh, the owners of a wool shed uh, northwest, mm. uh, sorry, northeast of Swan Hill at a place called Mullamine. Um, uh, yeah, right. so she's going to be very rural, very dusty. Mullamine yeah. is is borderline outback, so um, it's going to be grouse people. Do do we need to bring this? Is this is a serious question? Do we need to bring banjos? Yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yes. Because I, I got a funny feeling if we're on that paddle steamer, I'm going to need a banjo. <laughs> yes, that's, that's like right. a picture yes. anyway, so yeah people are interested you'll see it all pop up we you'll can, find a way to s- find out we, we can sing my favorite country and western song cameron mm, is, mm. That, is that appropriate for this program my best friend ran off with my wife and i sure do miss him right okay <laughs> that's a good one right yeah <laughs> what, what are we talking about on this uh, uh, cold, wintry evening. Workshops. Oh, no. Oh, no that's it. No, the hard sales come on, mate. We're done now. Yes. So, uh, Links in description. Hit us up. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll give You'll you more info it. as the weeks go on. Mm. It's ages away. So, yeah. We'll yeah. Get booked eventually. And, and um, it'll, be, it'll be a first in, first serve type of thing as well. So yeah, you, ne- you need to be, uh, make sure you sign up to my website, uh, campblakephotography.com.au because when the tickets go out there, we'll send out a bit of a newsletter for people to know about it. So yes, uh, be there or be square. But I, I would suggest based on the interest we've had on the, the single day workshops and the interest already on this multi-day workshop, it won't be the last we're doing. So if you miss out, don't don't get upset about it. Don't go book one with Tom or something like that or anyone else. Just just, just <laughs> wait for us to do another one. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, yeah. Our main topic, well, a couple of topics. We've got. I don't know. You've made, the... you've made this script up today. I don't know. What's we're going to split the two topics. We're going to split the topics into two. Um, so <laughs> as I mentioned last week on the show, I got myself an Olympus OM5. Yes. Very exciting. Uh, now it comes the tricky part of working out what lenses I need to buy or want to buy to marry up with this thing. Now I'm very lucky in that I've got my learned friend here on the other screen, who is a artist for, formerly known as Olympus um, tragic. And yes. he has a gigantic, great big bag full of lenses. Um, there's one. And uh, he, well, I got to use basically all the different lenses. I think it only confused me further. Yeah, so I wanted to talk tonight about what lenses, why mm. are there so many lenses on the market? For mm. one, it's a minefield. There are, okay, so let's say, for example, you use one of the other brands, Canon, for example. If you go onto Google and you search Canon lenses, Yes. Not only do you have about 140 actual Canon lenses to choose from, you also have every other lens manufacturer, in other words, third-party manufacturers, Tamron, Tokina, Sigma, these guys all making lenses yeah. that fit Canons. Yeah. So why are there so many out there? What do yeah. you choose and how do you go about narrowing the field down? Do you have any thoughts on this, Ken? I do. I have an answer for you. Um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So the I think the reason why there's so many lenses on the market is because the camera companies are very clever with what they do is they they, they have entry-level cameras and they have mid-range cameras and they also have pro cameras, so to speak. They do the same with the lenses. So you have like different levels or different series of lenses. So I know with the OM system lenses, you know, they've got their pro range and then they've got their, their normal range and they've got like a one in between type of range. They're all different qualities. Aperture speeds make a big difference to what they are. Weatherproofing of lenses or not is another factor that you take into account. But it's almost like they do a series or a set of lenses at the entry level. Then they do another set that's sort of not entry level, but not pro. And then they do another set at the top that's for the pro only. So you almost get three three lines of lenses that 
cover almost the entire focal range. And that's across the board. Nikon, uh, Canon. Now, Canon have got their old series lenses. Nikon have got whatever lenses they have. Sony have got their G Master lenses um, and things like that. So, uh, and Fuji have also, they've got a higher level of lens as well. So, yeah, you're right. There is a hell of a lot of lenses out there. Yep. Uh, which one you choose, I think, really is based on your budget. Um, again, like I know, obviously, you know the Olympus system really well. Like I've got all the pro lenses purely because they're all weatherproof and they're all constant apertures. So they're either a 2.8 or an F4, which is really great for when you're shooting low light or astro or things like that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot to choose. And I think it's just a matter of figuring out, I think, because there's going to be someone who has the same question you've got there. I think the easiest way to work it out is what focal ranges do you need to cover? Yeah. I think that's the first thing. And then how much money do I have to spend? And then it's then it's a compromise as to what you want to spend your money on. Yeah, and I've found over the journey that, um, well, I've encouraged people to invest more money in their lenses than they do the body of the camera. Yeah. Generally speaking, I reckon there's some L series lenses from Canon at the moment that are on the market that were on the market 25 years ago. Oh, yeah, and totally. they and they have not changed at all. They're identical. They're the same L series. They might be called series two or series three. Yeah. Sure, they might have, look, maybe slightly faster autofocus or maybe the autofocus mode is a bit more quiet and that sort of stuff. But yeah. in terms of pure image quality, you ain't going to split it. So yeah, that's right. um, generally speaking, when it comes to lens choice, um, I say stretch your budget, I think. I think you need to get um, a better quality. Build quality is definitely a big issue, and Cam alluded to that, with weatherproofing for one. Uh, build quality is really important. So when you buy entry-level SLR lenses, so kit lenses as they're called, yeah. they are pretty ordinary. Having said that, I have seen some pretty stunning photos done with kit lenses. Um, yeah. yeah, It's not what you got to tell you use it, provided you don't push these lenses beyond their limitations. And, of course, yeah. that then pigeonholes you to a certain degree that you, you know, like Astro, for example, you're not going to shoot Astro with uh, Canon's 18 to 55, 3.5 to 5.6 kit lens. Yeah. You could, but the results aren't going to be anywhere near as good as if you yeah. shoot with a 1.8 lens or one of their L series lenses with a better quality glass on it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think as well, um, the third party manufacturers generally fill that little gap. You'll find that. You've got entry level, entry level, and then there's the next level up. There is a gap in between. And yeah. I find companies like Tamron and Sigma in particular, well, Tamron for sure, are very, very good at filling that gap in between. So yeah. whereas you might have a lens from Canon that's $400 for their entry level one, but it's like $1,400 for their middle range one, well, yeah. Sigma and Tamron generally fall in around the $800 mark for the exactly yeah. the same lens with the same aperture, but a lot cheaper because they don't carry the Canon or Nikon or Sony or Olympus brand, you know, they actually yeah. fill I, that gap quite well. I think, I think that's where the market gets flooded and, and kudos to Tamron and, and Sigma and, and, and Takina and all those lenses that are out there that are the third party brands. Like they're filling in that gap and, and selling more lenses, but it does make it super uh, tricky for people to buy a lens. And I, I think it goes back to uh, something I say a lot about the industry at the moment. I think people need to maybe switch off their, their YouTube researching or all these things that there's so much information out there about what to get and all that information is always going to push you to buy the most expensive quality lens you can get 
well, that that's where every every discussion is going to lead. Is that if you read a review, they're all going to say, "Hey, the entry levels are good, but the pros are better." You know, and then you know the better coatings, better weatherproofing, better aperture, whatever it might be. So it's always going to end up pushing you to the more expensive lens, and then you add in those third party lenses, like some of the Sigma art lenses are just as expensive as the L series lenses, uh, but they're extremely lovely lenses. So I I think going back to what I said before, I think you've got to choose what focal length or what kind of photography you have. So when I get people on workshops, a lot of them ask me, you know, what, what sort of lenses should I get? And it generally it's only three or four lenses. I reckon you need, uh, for example, in the OM system, I'd say, look, get the eight to 25 that covers your wide angle in, you know, tight landscapes or wide, vast landscapes. Then get yourself like a 12 to 40, which is your standard sort of 2.8, 24-70 equivalent. Then get yourself something like a 40 to 150, which is an 80 to 300. So you're covering in, in normal full frame range, you're covering 16 mil out to 300 mil in three lenses. You're not going to need much more, unless you're going to do bird photography or sports, then you need more than 300. And 16 is about as wide as you probably need to go unless you're doing something quite unique. So you can get away with maybe just doing three lenses. And the other, the fourth lens I chuck into that range is a macro lens because I think a macro lens is great to have in your kit to play around with. So four lenses covers your whole range. Uh, I would go with the pro lenses. So you get all the weatherproofing and constant apertures and you're done. You, you know, you just hand your money over Brendan and I'll get them for you. It's done. <laughs> well, you, you do. I mean, the, the, the one thing I will say is the four lenses just rattled off there. It would be very, very easy to spend 10 grand on those four yeah. lenses yeah. across any of the manufacturers. That's what it's yeah. going to cost you. Yeah. And you look at that and go, holy smokes, 10 grand. Okay. You're going to have those lenses for 10 to 15 years. Oh, easily. Um, yeah. You know, so you're talking what, you know, $750 a year. Yeah. A year. That's all. You yeah. Know, to have those lenses. Uh, and then, you know, maybe every four or five years, you might upgrade the body. Of yeah. the camera, you might not yeah. even do that. Yeah. I mean that, you know, the the the, the, the um, wherever it is, it's around here in this junk pile of a desk I got in front of me. My um, my Nikon uh, D fifty two hundred, my fifty one hundred. That's right. I gave that away on the show. That's why oh, yeah. I don't have that camera anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's in Tasmania. Dave got that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, you don't have it anymore. Yeah, that camera. Uh, I I shot with that for a solid ten years uh, from yeah. when I got it to last year. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and the lens that I had on that was the Sigma uh, ten to twenty, which you know it, it, it's not the world's greatest lens, but I semi looked after it. I kept it in a bag when I wasn't hanging. You know, it wasn't just hanging around my neck the whole time. I put the thing away. I looked after it, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. um, and that, that's the thing as well. Like looking after your gear, you're exactly right. Like lenses, you you will you will keep them for. I've got lenses that are ten years old easily, fifteen yeah. years old. For sure. um, that is still fine. So if you, and that's why you said at the start as well, when we were working at Camera House, we used to say, you know, invest in, invest in your glass and just upgrade, upgrade your body as you go along. And that, that's, right. that's what you need to do. I think if, if you want to really get into photography and get the best quality lenses, then you, you're better off putting the money into that as quick as you can. Yep. And then up, upgrade your body along the way if you need to, which again, it's not essential. Um, but I, I think there is merit in saying, put your money into lenses because they will last you a long time. Most of the systems these days, if you look at Canon, Nikon, Sony, their mounts haven't changed. Well, mm -hmm. Canon and, and Nikon have brought out their mirrorless, but you can get the adapter for them. Um, so, you know, nothing's going to change too much into the future in regards to what you buy. So like you said, if you buy all those lenses and you need to upgrade your body, you can do that. But 
like you said, how much you're paying off a week, was it? Yeah, so, well, we're talking 750 bucks a year. Oh, uh, yeah. So, really, yeah. it's not too much. It's 20 bucks been, a week. <laughs> yeah, I, I've just been doing a quick calculation. I've been talking rudely to you. Well, so you're, I reckon, you're multitasking. I, like I am multitasking. So, if you took those, and I'm, this is just OM system as an example, it's not a plug. But if you took those four lenses I was mentioned, you get them for under 7,000, all of them. Is that right? Yeah. So that's, pretty, the, that's that's actually quite reasonable. Yeah. When you look at it, 7,000. So that's, let's have a look. That's 3,000, 5,000. Actually, no, it's 5,500. Wow. So yeah. you, get them for, you get them for under six. So Yeah. And, and for lenses that you're going to have for a hell of a long time. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and cool. that, that, so yeah. It's, it's but not, I it's would argue, you, yeah. I mean, that's Olympus. I, you could do the same scenario for the other brands as well and end up with a fairly similar figure i'd say with canon and nikon you might be a tad higher um and definitely sony with their g master can anyone tell me what the g stands for in g master great i don't know i'm actually putting that out i've got no idea why is it called a g master lens anyway well that's a topic for another time yeah Uh, so yeah Uh, at the end of the day the reason there's so many lenses out there is mainly because the manufacturers allow third parties to make lenses for their systems so yep. companies like Tamron and Sigma, that's and Tekina, and what's the one uh, that does a lot of the Astro lenses? Anyway, oh uh, yeah, there's lot, there's lower lenses, and there's also yeah, that's the one I'm looking for. Uh, there's also the other one, Samyang. Samyang, they do a lot of lenses as well. Yeah. Um. So you know, basically, they don't make cameras; they just make lenses, and yep. um, they pay a license fee to Nikon and Canon and Sony and Fuji to use their mount. There is one com- one mount out there that is a free mount, and that is the Micro Four Thirds mount, which is yes. actually free. People, they don't have to pay a license to make Micro uh-huh. Four Thirds, hence why uh, artists formerly known as and Panasonic both use Micro Four Thirds yeah. mounts. And, and you can, if you're using Micro Four Thirds, you can get lenses that are practically made by Leica now because Leica make some of the Panasonic lenses. Which is very um, cool. Which is very cool. But yeah, I think summing up, I think, yeah, there is a lot of lenses on the market. My advice to people is, okay, you bought a camera, what are you looking to get into? So some people have an idea, okay, I want to be a wedding photographer or I want to do portraits or I want to do a bit of everything. I think what I said earlier about trying to cover your full range, in all brands, you can do that in about three lenses. So you can go from ultra wide to telephoto in about three lenses, sometimes even two lenses. Um, It just depends on on what uh, brand you're using. But that's mainly what you need. Then it's just a matter of how much you want to invest. But we would recommend if you can invest heavily into your lenses because they'll last a long time. They are what makes your images punchy, sharpie, sharpie, sharpness, sharpie, sharpie. Um, so yeah, put, put the money into your lenses and, and they'll, they'll pay back in dividends. Hopefully. Absolutely. Now, look, I've been selling lenses for 20 years. This is literally going into my 20th year of camera retail. So if you, um, if you would like to uh, talk to me about what lens, I don't care. Don't buy them off me. I don't care, whatever. No. But if you do want to, uh, some advice, on what lenses you should be buying, uh, by all means, hit, hit me up below. Um, could could they come into your Torquay store and say good day and ask you about lenses? Look, um, for the next little while, they'll definitely be able to. Segway mm. of the year so far goes to Cameron Blake. Give it up. Pretty, nice. That, well was, that was awesome. That was. I was very impressed with that one. So um, those of you who f- might follow my Facebook page may have seen a little post during the week um, alluding to the fact that I have decided to put my second store, my Torquay store, uh, up for sale. Um, I've decided to scale back somewhat, back to uh, the good old days of just having one shop here in Ocean Grove. Um, so I thought it was 
poignant, pertinent to talk about it on the Down South Photo Show. Mm-hmm. Um because I've had a few questions. Why? What's going on? How come? Why you want to do this? Are you sick? Yeah. Are you, you know, you, you're giving it all away, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm definitely not giving it all away. In fact, if anything, I'm ramping it up. And to ramp it up, I need to um, narrow my focus. Yeah. And as it turns out... Um, Unintended. Yes. As it turns out, the, the, the Torquay store, I'm not giving it what it deserves, and that is my all. Um, yeah. The reason the Ocean Grove store is doing so well is because I'm there most of the time um, and I put a lot of effort into that store. Yep. I live in Ocean Grove, so it makes it very easy to work here. Um, Torquay, which is just further down the coast on this photo, just down there, that's where yep. Torquay is. Um, it's 25 k's away, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot when you do it two, three, four times a week. Um, I work the uh, Saturday over at the Torquay store and I really enjoy doing that. And to the point where I do have regular customers that come in just on the Saturday to see me, which yeah. is great. Um, but as I said, I'm not able, I'm not in a position to clone myself and give the Torquay store what it deserves. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking to move it on. Um, right. And look, I'm open to any which way it could go if someone came along and said hey i really like the camera and photo brand i'd like to keep working it as a camera and photo store well there's room for that to happen if someone wanted to rebadge it rebrand it um totally cool with that as well um they'll literally be going into opposition against me doesn't worry me i think this definitely the place is big enough for another one that's for sure yeah Uh, i've proven that with having my own store over there um or if someone wanted to basically relocate the whole thing, it's a turnkey business. Yeah. So it's fully set up with absolute state-of-the-art printers, um, state-of-the-art uh, kiosk PCs, yep. uh, point-of-sale systems, all that sort of stuff. It's ready to go, and it comes with ready-made customers as well, which is nice. pretty cool. So, yeah. I'm, so I'm, so if, I, if I wanted to buy it and just move it down here to Hobart, that's okay? Totally fine. I'll help you. I'll load it into the back of a truck and yeah, help you dra- set it all just up. Just drag that's, it behind the boat. Yeah, that's right. That's the other thing. Um I'm I'm offering it with full training. This sounds like a plug, like I'm trying to sell it to our yeah. listeners. I'm not. I'm just running people through my thought process here. Um, I, I'm selling it with complete training as well. So, it, you know, if someone came in that was completely wet behind the ears, like mm. they might be a really talented landscape photographer and want an avenue to sell their photos. Um, I think it's the best way you can do it because you run mm. a printing business in the background that is that pays the rent, that pays the bills, that gives yep. you the tools to keep shooting landscape and that sort of stuff. So yeah. it would yeah. be a pretty exciting opportunity for someone. Um, yeah. I'm also more than prepared to close it completely and, you know, not sell it. Um, yeah. That that could also come to pass as well. Yeah. It's something I'm looking to tick off in the first quarter of 2023. So, um, right. yeah, that, that, that's where I'm that's, at. That, with that's, pretty, that's pretty big news. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a big deal for me to open the second store. Believe me, yeah. there was a lot of sleepless nights, and uh, you know, it 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 was. I learned a hell of a lot. I assumed that it would be the same as the Ocean Grove store, and that was a massive assumption on my part, and the wrong assumption. Yeah, different demographic, different market. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that you know, and people were probably thinking, well, if it's making you money, why are you getting rid of it? It is yeah. making me money, um, but it's just making me enough to keep me interested, not enough. Not enough to, um, you know, for it to stand on its own two feet, for example. And that's because yeah. it needs someone in there that can drive the thing. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. that's just not me. Yeah, right. Well, okay. Well, hopefully we've got someone who um, 
has plenty of cash. Who wants <laughs> to dump again? It this was it. not a plug to sell it to you, but anyway, we're we're, we're selling. We're doing. I'm on the hustings this whole episode. That's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to know though, because there might be someone listening who knows someone, or you know, maybe there's a group of people like, hey, you That's know true. what? We could, we could do that. Let's. Let's go. Let's go drive Brendan's business and Ocean Grove down out of the business, and we'll go open the Torquay one. And yeah, I mean, you know, there's always um, avenues like where, that we could that, that I can make this continue to to work. And, and but the yeah. best one would be to hand the reins over to someone else. So right. um, that's what that's where I'm heading with it. Look, aside from the fact that I, I definitely want to take more photos this year. Um, yeah. Having there's one there's... store is proving enough, you know, without yeah. having two. So. There's, there's definitely a, I can feel a shift to you wanting to do more uh, shooting this year. Yeah, and it's pure um, yeah. coincidence that I just turned 50. Pure is coincidence. It? This so is not a midlife crisis. Sounds <laughs> like a midlife crisis to me. If you have ideas for Brendan's midlife crisis or what he should do, yeah. put them in the comments below because he clearly needs something to do. How? What? You just want to play more golf. That's all. Oh, well, is. there's that too. I mean, yeah. I think I put in 19 cards last year. That is disgusting. There are 52 weeks in a year for me <laughs> to play golf, and I yes. put in less than half of that. That is atrocious behaviour. Last year, I put in about six cards in one tournament. That's right. Yeah. Oh, hey. oh, good luck with the sale. We'll keep us updated. A tournament. Well, <laughs> it's the longest <laughs> continuous tournament in Victoria. In the world. In the world. Yeah. Yep. Without doubt. Don't at me. The, ja- the, jacket, the jacket's just here. I know we saw the jet. Don't put it on again. We saw it. No, last week. I, I, it's just here. I just want to make yeah, sure it's, it's here. It's, it's hanging up. It's, I'm glad it's in safe hands. Yes. What right. kind of uh, house and contents insurance have you got there? That's it. Doesn't matter. I, I just doubled it just to cover that jacket. <laughs> um, tip of the week. I won't sing the jingle. I, this is just a real quick one. Um, shoot a few small video clips of your scene. Mm. So quite often, well, everyone's got a digital camera now that can shoot video, and you literally line up your awesome photo. And if you just push a little button just near the actual shutter button, you can actually shoot a, what, 4K video with most cameras mm. these days. Um, yeah, you can. I find there's a couple of reasons I like doing it. One is they make really cool um, backgrounds. So if you, uh, you know, if you've got your, your screensaver on your on your screen and that sort of stuff, or even you just want a nice background on your telly in your lounge room and just yeah. having, it's really cool. I, I put them up in a shop at the Torquay store. Um, yeah. I quite often put them on a little loop where you just, re- you only have to record waves coming in for like 30 seconds and loop it. And it looks for all the world that you sat there for hours actually shooting this video stuff. It's funny you say that because on the walls of Jerusalem trip I just did on the weekend, I did a whole heap of time lapses on my iPhone. Also, I did a time lapse of us setting all the tents up and, and it, it, it pitched, so picture folks, picture this pet, uh, tent, pen, that tent platform with yeah. these mountains in the background with these clouds just moving over the top of this mountain with blue sky. It goes, I think it took us 25 minutes to get all set up and it ran for that whole time. And you can see all the tents going up a million miles an hour in the foreground, but all you can see is these low level clouds going and then they clear to these magnificent high level blue sky clouds in the background. It looked like, what is mind blowing? Like we didn't, any, we didn't anyone, notice any, at all. Listeners, are any of you all screaming at the screen? Why don't Visualize. you show us the video? Why don't you just show us it? And oh. can we put it up on the screen for our... I'm trying. Well, I can. Do you know how? No, to no, 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 no. I, I mean, in the edit, I can. Over, I can. It's there, right? It's up on the screen now. You can yeah, send can it you, to me. And can you do that? Of course, I can do anything, Cameron. I don't know. You All can right, send well, me a file from your I'll phone. Send, and... All right, I'll send if it. If you're to happy you. for people to see it, I mean, that's. Oh, I'm happy degraded, for people right? to see. It. Well, I must admit, last week you said you were going to put up a photo halfway through the episode, and you didn't. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I was kind of rushed yeah. to put the episode out. You might remember. Oh, because of the book launch. Yeah, right here. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good so, idea though. Small, small videos of background makes B rolls, 
it's uh it's good fun so it is good fun and it's also a really cool reminder of uh, and and you get the audio as well that's what i was gonna say all right, all right. you get the audio of waves crashing or birds chirping or i don't know whatever what other stuff makes noise do you want to hear a funny story about videos of me hiking? Yes. Oh, you do? <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling this story, but it just came to light because I saw it before. So again, my good friend, Erin, who's just come home from going out, she's staying here for a few days. Um, we did the South Coast track last year. So if anyone hasn't watched my South Coast track hiking videos, well, there's going to be so many links on this, this episode. Check the link out below. Um, and there's a there's a, a there's a part two, part one and part two. If you watch at the very end of part two, there's a mountain range called the Ironbound Range down in the southwest. It is the hardest mountain range I've ever climbed. It is huge. It is brutally hot where we did it. Um, it was windy the whole lot. But when we got up to the top, I was really hot and bothered. So for some reason, I was wearing like, you know, like board shorts underneath. Well, not board shorts, you know, like boxer shorts that you walk in and stuff. So while Aaron, while Aaron wasn't watching on this walk, I decided that it'd be nice to sort of air my areas out and just you know take it in and it was it was really really lovely so all, all unbeknownst to me there's Aaron with a video recording me and then I started doing a little jig with my pants down on top of this mountain on the weekend we had another hot hot day it was sunny blue sky stinking hot and we walked up this little hill not a big one and the same thing happened again so she's now got two videos of me which I'm sure are going to pop up at BFOP in this year somewhere of me uh, just enjoying myself on top of a couple of mountains. We're not going to put them on. The, we're not. We're not going to put them on the podcast here. But uh, that's where videos can come in handy for blackmailing your friends. So if the video of Cam's time lapse hasn't already appeared on the screen while he was talking just then, it will be at the end of the video. So stay tuned, folks. If you, you have that, that's, that's a good hook, isn't it? Hang on to the end. That's right. Wait till it's like a cliffhanger. Yeah, um, yeah. Gear talk, real quick. Um, what the f- is going on with film? Holy smokes, is it uh, there's stuff going on with film, folks. So I got a little email from um, the local Kodak distributor, which is a company called UCC here in Australia, um, right. informing me that uh, an average of a 40% increase in the wholesale price of Kodak film uh, as of the 1st of March. Um, Bloody hell, 40%. It's all- So basically what they've done is they've taken their cost price and it's now, or their wholesale price is now about 10, 15% more than my retail price was. (laughs) Now I've never in the history of ever known any company to jack their prices by that much on any item ever. Uh, it's, it's, It's absolutely ludicrous. And um, look, I could get in trouble. I won't say what I really think because Come on. I've already named the company, but it, right. it, it, it uh-huh. reeks of something really bad. Um, yeah, right. And, and it's, and it rhymes with mice pouching. Um, yeah. Mice so, pouching. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if any so of that fuels will figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's no good Cam. Um, and it's well, no good because we've got loads of people. Yeah. That are, hooked on film and love shooting film and in fact would rather shoot film and yet we've got these big manufacturers kodak and fuji in particular who aren't prepared to um to to stock that market to supply that market they're actually pricing out 
um, the people that probably matter the most in the film industry, and that's the youngsters who are all yeah. giving it a crack, and it's getting them all back into photography in a big way. Well, you know, you know um, what though, I, I I tend to agree with the film manufacturers. You know, what? people had their chance to have film, and we <laughs> and we shut out we shut our own shut in our own bed. Yeah. We gave up. We moved on to digital. We put them out of business. Yep. We should never have done that. No, film, no film that, that you you actually make a valid point, but film um, film, yeah, film the, should never the, have the, been the lure moved on. of digital. You know really you know it, you're right it did put film uh it basically was the death knell for film yeah however um there is that much and, and i get it it's the laws of supply and demand i totally understand that mm. i think though we were already at a pretty ridiculous price point i mean we, we were talking about 25 dollars to buy a roll of film 25 dollars have it processed so that's a 24 exposure like it's it's more than two dollars per exposure is that, is that now or back in the day no it's now right you know, I just looked on. I just I just looked on my good friends at B and H in the in yep. New York. Yep. Amazing store. And I I sometimes buy Fuji five by four sheet film, mm-hmm. and they do a five by four Fuji, uh, Fuji Chrome Provia. Yep. Twenty sheets for one hundred and eighty two dollars. Holy smokes! So what's that? Nine dollars a sheet. A lot. <laughs> and then you got to get it developed. So yeah, it's getting silly. It's getting yeah, silly. Look, and I don't know, like. Yeah, it might be my scrouging or whatever you called it. Yes. Um, and it is silly and there is a demand for it and you know, maybe not as what biggest demand it was. But, yeah, I, like I th- I think it's it's silly that they're putting the prices up so much, but I still think it's a shame that we never, we sort of stopped using film. So I can sort of understand yeah. what happened. It should never, it should never change, but... Yeah, make it make it a little more accessible for people that mm-hmm. are still using it. Well, I think also, that and of course, just... of course, I got a vested interest. I, I run a camera store and I sell a lot of film. Mm. I haven't been able to get film since yeah, sold out, isn't it? a week before Christmas. Yeah. So what's that now? Getting on to six weeks now. Now yeah. I, I literally feel like the pub with no beer. People are coming in and they're like, you know, we want film. We, we want it. We need, and we just cannot get our hands on any film. Now I spoke with one of the guys from Fuji who has said that Fuji are looking to get out of film mainly because they can't service the machines that process the film. Parts right. are becoming impossible to get. They're not being made anymore. They yeah. don't want to start up brand new production lines to make these parts, and I get yeah. that as well. Um, my question is, why not? Why Why wouldn't you go back? If the demand is there, why wouldn't you go back into, into making film? Now, again, there's a there's a lot of different sort of rabbit holes we could go down here. Not least of which, film is not the best thing for the environment either. No. Um, so, you know, putting my environmentalist hat on there, I should be saying, well, this is a good thing that film's dying out. But I think overriding that is what I said before, and that is that film is bringing people back into photography, into yeah. into a hobby that is absolutely brilliant, that I love, that you love, yeah. that's close to our hearts. Um and the more photographers there are out there, the more gear development there is, the more, yeah. um, you know, the, the industry thrives, uh, an industry that we're very, very passionate about. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I think from a from a community standpoint, I would like to see, you know, the film price chill out for a while, please. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like people are going to come in and, and I'm going to sell a three-pack of Kodak film for $75, which is, Jesus yeah. And, and, and I can tell you right now, people will pay it. Right, yeah. But, but is that we also have a we also have a major major inflation problem here in Australia at the moment. We do, we do. Um, but it so, ain't forty percent. 
No, it's not 40%. But I I know, I I, I still go back to what I said before. Like, I can understand Fuji and Kodak or or the companies that represent them being a little bit hesitant to say, you know what, film's back. Yep, cool. Let's chuck all this money back into processing machines and all the parts and stuff like that, just so the fad can die again in 10 years' time. And, you know, not not only do they go broke in their film department, they go broke in their digital department because they've got no money they've spent it all trying to resurrect film so- i can i can see the two things running parallel i can yeah. see the film market living on for quite some time and i can actually see a time in a not too distant future when there is a third party startup that starts taking over or, or making their new new film production lines or maybe they find new technologies that can yeah. that can produce film that'd be awesome um if there was a less sort of uh environmentally invasive way of manufacturing and 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 processing film um you know this is 2023 there's going to be what, people out there that are, that, are, that can that can sort this out what about this for an idea this is the old olympus film camera right what Beautiful about if camera. they make what about if they make the film camera mm-hmm. and just make digital backs to go on the film camera yes, like that yes surely that's not hard to do they already do it with yes. sort of hasselblads and things it like has that. been done before that's right yeah so why don't they maybe do that way where they can still keep their film cameras um you can have have a hybrid you can have a hybrid and it, and it can run film and digital that would be intense that would um, be um that would be very very cool i'd like to see that maybe but then they could still then they could have a reason to say hey we've got these hybrid cameras coming out you, we're, we're selling heaps of those we can reduce the, cu- the cost of film because more people yeah. are buying a film camera but it's a digital at the same time so they kill yeah. two birds with one stone yep Maybe the people at Fuji need to listen. I, I know what we're going to call it. We're going to call it fidgetal. Fidgetal. <laughs> or dilm. No, nah, fidgetal. Fidgetal. Definitely fidgetal. Uh, that's a fidgetal uh, trademark copyright 2023, Brendan Waits. Right, yeah. Keep, keep it on his, keep it on his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, who knows? Hopefully it comes down maybe with the house. The lynchers rates come down. Maybe the film will come down. Exactly. Um, how are we going for time on this? On this, we're podcast? doing all right with time, but this is a big question. But I, would you like to maybe have me read this one out and see if I can answer it, ladies and gentlemen? Dear Cam, with our good friend Cameron Blake, brought to you by Cam. All right, so we had a dear Cam Cam Cam, Cam question come in a few <laughs> week weeks ago, um, and it's, it's actually quite a, a big one. So we didn't put it on the show, but Alison, who sent this uh, lovely question in, sent me an email today saying, "Hey." Where the bloody hell's my question on your podcast? So we what well, maybe not exactly those words, but uh so the question is I have a question about Lightroom backups. Uh currently use an external hard drive with Lightroom and I upload the original files of my card to our network drive at home. I know some people have at least two external drives they rotate or have a backup they need to keep out of their home. Can you explain how this works and how I would do it if I need if I had another drive, as I assume the advantage of this is that you keep a backup of your edits of Lightroom. I know when you exit Lightroom, it asks you if you'd like to create a backup then, but I'm assuming this is going on on an external hard drive connected. So if that all fails, you really don't have a backup. So it's a very multi-layered question about backing up your images from Lightroom. So I think the easy way to answer this for me, and this is why I sort of wanted to address this because otherwise we will be here for a week answering this. It's it's a complex question, but... Um, to give Alison an idea of how I run my Lightroom. So I, I when I have a camera, I pull the memory card out. I put it in my computer. I, I, I straight away do similar to what Alison does. I take my memory card images and I back it up to an external hard drive. It's not necessarily a cloud or anything. It's just one of those little external little pocket hard drives and put it on there. 
when I, what I do then is I open up my Lightroom catalog and I import it off that external hard drive. So even if I lose my Lightroom catalog in a in a dump or a fail, which has happened to me last year, I've still got my external hard drive with all the original raw images on there. You will possibly lose your, your Lightroom edits and things like that. I don't double back things up as much as what, uh, what Alison's been advised some people do. Um, but what I do do is that after each month, I have a, an external cloud drive at home here. And I, I back up my Lightroom catalog to that drive. And I also back up that mini hard drive with my, with my images. So I do a double backup. Um, so yeah, it, it, there's all different ways you can do backups on Lightroom and backup on images. Um, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat in this, this way. My advice would be to don't always leave a camera, a memory card in your camera and just shoot, shoot, shoot. I always back up after each shoot and back it up to an external hard drive. Don't save it onto your desktop as such, because if your computer craps itself or your desktop fails or something like that, then you lose all your images. But I would strongly recommend that not only would you externally back up your images once, but also back them up somewhere else. It doesn't have to be every time, but try and get in a routine of backing them up, you know, every month or something like that. So that's the best way I can sort of answer that. But there, there is a lot of different ways you can you can keep your, your storage devices updated. But you might have something different, Brendan. You run a camera shop where I assume you have people's images come in and you'd have to keep them somewhere stored. You do you use the kiosk and stuff like that. So how yeah, is there is there an easy answer for that for you as well? Okay. Full disclosure, I don't use Lightroom. Don't know what you're talking about. I've never used Lightroom. All right. Well, I, if you've enjoyed episode 67 of the... <laughs> uh, no, when it comes to backing up at work, uh, I use the cloud. Um, yep. So I have cloud storage. Um, now, as far as clients are concerned and client work, uh, they I only keep them for 12 months. So in fact, uh, on the 1st of January each year, I go to the year prior and I delete it. Yeah. Um, so my customers know that as well, that I'm not a storage facility for them. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're printing a big canvas, it's not like they can just call me up in six years time and say, you know, that canvas you made for me, I want another one. Can you blah, blah, yeah. work yeah. like that? I make sure people know that we don't keep their files. Yeah. Um, that's for, for the uh, art prints and things like that. When it comes to mums and dads kiosk printing, I keep them for seven days. That's it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And my system is actually set up to auto delete. So yep. I'll be I'll be doing jobs and then a little window pops up, such and such order number has been deleted. You know, it just tells me that it's constantly cleansing all my system, yep. which is which is really good because you know I'd have terabytes, mate. You know. Yeah, you would. Yeah. yeah. Today yeah. I would have I would have uploaded probably three or four hundred gigabytes of photos through my system today. So yeah, um, right. it's got to be continuously cleansed. So that's yeah. what happens. It's got nothing to do with that deer cam question, but that's what no, I mean. that, that's okay. Uh, one other thing I will add to that as well for Allison is. Um, not only do I back up my raw images to the cloud, but I, like as, as I said, I also back up my Lightroom catalog um, to an external area. So the reason being that is that if you just set it up standard, your Lightroom catalog will sit on your computer's hard drive. There's two things I don't like about that. One, it chews up space and will slow your computer down over a period of time. And two, if your computer crashes again, like mine last year, that Lightroom catalog's gone. You can't get anything back. So you lose all your edits, all your presets, all your collections, all that kind of stuff that might be in your Lightroom. So what I do, this is what I do every month. And, and you, when she said that, you know, Lightroom asks if you'd like to back up. I don't do that every week. I usually do it every month. And then I back it up to an external location. So whether or not you have one location that's external or one little hard drive in a cloud, it doesn't really matter what, what way you set it up. As long as you're keeping things 
off your computer is the thing I've learned. So keep as much as little as possible on your actual hard drive of your computer and then try and keep the more important things like your files and photographs and Lightroom catalogs external and external somewhere twice, if that makes yeah. sense. Makes cool. perfect sense. Okay. I haven't understood that and I don't use Lightroom. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. We're not as look as we've done. Correct. If you have a dear cam question, please send it to us. Um, links below where you can hit us up. Yeah. For make, it, make, 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 make it easier than that too, please. I think the um the links below section will be you know the longest of all time. It's gonna be, it's gonna be you're gonna be busy, mate. The way we're tracking. Um so what do you got coming up, Cam? We're gonna to get to the end of this workshop. Uh end of this workshop. Listen to me. That was a subliminal plug. Mm. We're gonna to get to the end of this podcast. Um uh, what, what am I doing? Uh, do you know what I did today? Don't you dare uh, tell me you're doing nothing all week and just relaxing. No, uh, today I had wonderful help from my daughter, Autumn. Uh, move a pellet of books from the floor of my garage into the storage area of my garage. Fantastic. So, so I'm not doing that because that's already been done. Um, I am doing absolutely nothing. I'm chilling you out. You bastard. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. You know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm organising some golf days, which I'll talk to you about after Very this episode. Good. You've also got um, kids back to school like I have as well. So No, uh, no, I don't. Not yet. Okay, when does that happen in Tasmania? Easter? Uh, yeah, 2010. <laughs> uh, no, it happens in on Friday. So a couple of days they go ah, back. Right. Okay, yep. So we're about a week behind the big island. Yes, so, that's correct. And, then, and, we're, uh, and we're a week behind Queensland. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and you're off to Queensland, eh? No, how's that for another good plug? Um, I am the segue king. Huh? Next week, uh, we'll battle to put an episode out because uh, on what? Wednesday night, when we normally record these things, I am packing my bags and heading to uh, Queensland. I have a niece's wedding in beautiful Noosa Heads. So, not I'll good, be up not good there. enough. I've, I've done episodes from Cradle. I've done episodes. It's not good enough. You'll be doing mm -hmm. one Tuesday yeah, night, maybe. It, be, it will not be happening. Why not Tuesday um, night? Well, because I can't edit it. There is that. Just, yeah, we'll, we'll just put we'll just we'll just put it up raw. We'll put it up live. We do a we live. We can't no, do, we won't do. That. We can't do two episodes and have a hiatus. Come on. We'll we'll, we'll talk. Mm. Um, my <laughs> arm could be like, twisted. Yeah, <laughs> if you, if you'd like, like to see an episode, write in the comments below that Brendan doesn't get a week okay. off. Maybe we we'll record one Sunday night. Anyway, we'll work something out. Uh, but yes, up there for five, four, four or five days. Um, my niece is getting married on the beach in Noosa, so that's going to be so cool. Looking forward to that. Nice. Uh, I dare say the camera will sneak into the bag, but um, I'm not going there to take photos and going there to chill out and hang out with some fam, uh, right. which should be good fun. Yeah. What's the weather going to be like next week? I have no there? idea. Haven't even looked. Um, not not a clue. Um, I will also be working the shops for the next week as well. So I've got that to do too, because I've got a heap of stuff to do before I go away, which will be good. We'll get more canvases mm. printed, stretched and hung. Mm. Sounds like you're too busy for this show now these days, Brendan. <laughs> There's a lot going on, isn't there? There is I a lot going on. I wonder why I want to get rid of the Torquay store. I have no mm, idea. I wonder. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you, Cam, are you done? Done. Done. Absolutely Great. done. Yeah. Thank totally you for done. listening to episode 67 of the Down South Photo Show. We will oh, see you before you go. I found oh. out. <laughs> I found out what the G stands for in G Master. Uh, have, have a guess. Is it very great? creative. Very is it creative. Is it great? No, it's not great. Oh, come on. Is it Graham? No, no, it's not Graham. No. <laughs> is it is oh, gold. It is, it is gold. Yes. That was a total guess. <laughs> that that is the that is the most I think we should stop hanging shit on Canon and start I'm gonna start targeting 
Um, Sony Gold Hand Master. on heart, that was a total guess. I did not know that it stood for gold. <laughs> well, that's how pathetic it is. Like that's the patheticness yeah. about it. How well, didn't gold... L didn't the L in L series stand for luxury? Maybe, maybe we'll I find out next week. Next week, let's not let's not Google that. Let's just leave no, that on a quick. Let's hangout. leave that. Yes, yes. Thanks, mate. I'm done. Yeah, I'm. Done. You have been listening to episode 67 of the Down South Fighter Show. That's it. That's the show. We'll talk to you next week. Done. Bye for now. Cheers. <laughs>